Hello. You are listening to the Carol Connection with your host, Jerry Carol. Hey everybody, welcome to The Carol Connection. I'm your host, Jared Carroll. Here to bring you guys back for another great episode. I'm going to shout out my last episode, episode 105, titled Undeniable, featuring the great Wally, host of The Ever-Changing Vibe. Came on the podcast, second time he's been on my podcast. And I'm not going to reference the first one. You guys can check it out and figure out where he was on that. But he came back, talked about the concept of being undeniable. He goes on this kind of like rant that he does, like my feel your feelings rant. His is I Am Undeniable. We talked about being undeniable in your job, content creating, fitness, like whatever you do. Really great episode. Check it out, thecarolconnection.simplecast.com. Also available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening platforms. So today, for episode 106, bring in Bashia. Hi. How are you? Uh, Can you pronounce your last name for um, the audience? I didn't want to butcher it. Yes. Yes, Lucia Petrocelli. (laughs) Perfect. And it'll be in the title, guys. Obviously, you guys are watching this episode, so you'll see the title. I'm just so bad with last names, especially when they get like that. If I I probably read it, I probably could have pronounced it and like looked at it. Mm -hmm. But definitely want to shout out uh, Wally and Mark Furtado because they definitely helped make this happen. So shout out to you guys. So... How I start the podcast is kind of allow you to tell everyone who you are and what you're doing currently, Mm -hmm. and then we'll dive into the the other stuff. So let's take lead with that. Yeah. I am just a plain Jane living in Rhode Island. I work from home. I work in public relations and outside of work, I am a dancer. I like to drink spicy margaritas all the time. Um, And I also have a small business, Lavender Logos. Perfect. And we're going to dive into that as we progress with the podcast as well. So like I mentioned off podcast, uh, the first topic is usually family dynamic. And I really love this this topic. And I, I referenced this on, um, actually, I should be coming on uh, Spawncast soon. So I'll be sharing that for you guys to check out. And we talked about family dynamic and why I do it on my podcast, because I think it's so important to lay down these like foundational pieces of like who we are. Because like I'm not famous, and most of the people I have on my podcast, we're not like super famous people. Mm-hmm. So it lets people kind of see into how we we're raised and where we were raised, and these are great foundational building blocks for the podcast. We're laying the base, and then we're stacking the bricks up, and we're building a house basically. So I think it's important to hit these points, also because it gives you a different perspective on where you grew up and how you grew up, and I think it's super important because when we're talking about things like mental health a lot of that stems from like the early like childhood and stuff like that. So whatever you're comfortable with, I'll let you kind of take the floor on family dynamic. Totally. So I am born and raised in New York. I come from a blended family. My parents are divorced. I'm technically one of seven, um, which is insane. (laughs) That's crazy. I have my brother who's the oldest. The rest of us are girls. We all have the same dad, um, but I am one of three with both my parents, my mom and my dad. So I'm the oldest in that kind of pod. Um, yeah, growing up was not really traditional for me because of that. My dad lived in Queens and my mom lived on Long Island, which was like an hour and a half from each other. So going back and forth between that most of my life and, you know, having to grow up really, really quick because of all of that, um, that's kind of shaped me to be the person that I am today. I don't regret it or would change it at all. I obviously like sometimes have those moments where I think like, oh, what would have happened if, you know, my parents were still together or if I didn't have as many siblings. But 
at the end of the day, I'm super grateful for the way that it turned out. But um, yeah. And then I, you know, had to deal with that throughout high school and making friends and things like that. I spent most of my time with my mom and then the weekends I would spend with my dad. So that didn't really allow for a lot of time to hang out with friends or, you know, go partying or do anything really fun like that. Um, but like I said, it really shaped me to who I am today. Work was something that was really centric in the life of my family. Both my parents are really hard workers. All my siblings are. And, um, that, kind of led to me wanting to go to college after high school. And I knew I wanted to go away. I really wanted to have that independence and kind of be able to dictate my own life, you know, being that I had my life dictated for me and had a very strict routine between traveling between parents. Um, So I decided to go to college out in Rhode Island and I absolutely loved it. It was totally the best thing for me um, being completely on my own. I was so excited. I remember everybody moving into college was like so sad and like, oh my God, like this is so different. And I was like, let's go do it. Like, let's go and do everything. And you can ask like my college roommates, I did everything. I mean, I was super involved in my academics. I was an orientation leader. I was the president of the dance club. Um, anything that was going on, I was there. Like, I love to be super involved. And that's even outside of college, like going to parties and hanging out and things like that. Like, I was always doing something. It was very rare that I was home doing nothing or in my dorm doing nothing. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I've been in Rhode Island ever since. I love it. So I think it's like six years now going out oh, in Rhode Island. Nice, yeah, nice. Love, love that. It. Love to have you here. Yeah. No, so- I want to like go into a little bit with the the family dynamic too. Yeah. Uh, so I have three brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, two we share the same mom, mm-hmm. and one my oldest brother who's been also been on the podcast, and we all share the same dad, and he has a different mom. So I understand to a certain extent. Obviously, you have a lot of brother, a lot of sisters, and the brother, mm-hmm. and the dynamic too of like being in different households at times and trying to merge that together. And, and one of our organic conversations we had on the podcast was like, I always knew that he had certain struggles and like there is, whether it's overtly said or not, there's sometimes jealousies. Like you wish you were with the other parent Mm -hmm. and it's like, Oh, you're with dad and I'm with my mom and, or when he's here, his mom might be jealous or whatever, whatever the issues could be. Um, for yourself, because obviously me and my brother's relationship is really good. How is it for you establishing the relationship with your siblings, obviously living in different households and moving like mm-hmm. back and forth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my two younger sisters and I, like I said, we both or the three of us have the same mom and dad. Mm-hmm. So we were super close. We spent like every waking moment together. If we were traveling between parents, the three of us were always together uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> so. I, it definitely created a really strong bond between us, even if it was slightly traumatic. Um, We love to joke about it now all the time and we still have that really strong bond, which is great. And then, you know, there is a 20 year age gap between the oldest sibling and the youngest sibling. So we were in very different stages in our life. I fall in about seven in the um, lineup. So 
when we were able to go and see our older siblings, it was such a fun time because, you know, they were taking us to parties and <laughs> doing all the fun stuff we weren't allowed to do or going to the movies, things like that. So, um, yeah, I think that I, the one of the reasons that I don't regret the way that my family dynamic was when I was younger is because it created such a strong relationship between my siblings and I. And, you know, sibling relationships tend to kind of come and go and grow and then they get less. And obviously, you know, being so close with my siblings, sometimes there's fights and bickerments and things like that. But, you know, looking back and just where we are now, I'm so, so grateful for it. And like I said, we joke about it all the time. But um, yeah, I spent, like I said, pretty much every waking moment with my two younger sisters. And then I would see my older siblings like every other weekend. It's so nice to have siblings too, because I've talked to a lot of people who are only children and like they don't have the siblings. And like one of the conversations I have with them too is like making friends and like how was that difficult? Like, did you find it hard? Were you spoiled? That's the only child syndrome I always talk with them about. So it's always interesting to see how people's dynamic was. And you hit it really perfectly with the the sibling relationship because when I saw my older brother, it was like the best thing in the world because he came on the weekends for us. He lived with his mom during the week and then come come visit us. And when he come through, it was like the fucking everything. It was like, oh, he's here, he's here. And then we go play like football in the little like circle out there and like, and it was it was everything because like we didn't get to see him as much and like I'm the oldest for my mom so like to have an older brother was like it was so dope because like I, I was able to kind of like hop out of that like because like there's like this certain not stigma or I'm trying to figure out like there's kind of this role that you have to play as like the older sibling like you bear a lot of the responsibilities like to a certain degree you're the test child for a lot of things yes. so it's like you have to kind of navigate a little bit differently and then when you're with your older siblings, it takes a little bit of that pressure off of you and like to see them and to look up to them. Like I always said for a long time, like he was my role model. Like I, I emulated a lot of the things that he would do, what he would, how he would dress, like the mannerisms, like the music he would listen to. Like I'll never forget. I forgot the, what shitty car he had back when he was younger and we were driving it like the fucking roofs, like half gone and like, he put me on to rap music and this time when uh Little Wayne's a Millie came out, blasting that, just the car just vibrating and yeah. it was just such a cool experience and like to have an older brother to expose me to, to those things, whether my parents liked it or not. Yeah. But it's like to have the older sibling, that relationship, like our siblings are like our first real relationships with other people because like your parents, it's a they're your parents, it's a mm-hmm. different dynamic. With your siblings, obviously they're blood, but like they're also like your first friends. And obviously when you're growing up and usually like they're your enemies sometimes in the fights that, that happen, but it's like those relationships are so crucial. And especially as I've gotten older, I've realized and valued those relationships because we all grow and mature. And like my mm-hmm. oldest brother just had like my niece, she's a year old. And like that dynamic is so unique. And like, she's like the biggest blessing on our family. And like, it's, it's, it's so nice, especially to have a girl in the family now. So it's yeah. like, it's so awesome. But like to see that in like that dynamic, and that's why I love talking about this because I wouldn't have known any of that. We didn't talk about any of that before the podcast. And mm-hmm. like it's so unique to hear that, to see where you come from, because like that's a lot of siblings. That's <laughs> a big family. Like, so let's it's and it's like it's awesome to have a big family. Like my mom comes from a huge family, so like I have tons of aunts and uncles, and like it it increases the importance on family. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a huge family person, so I find a lot of importance on family. And I wanted to turn into, you brought up dance. Yeah. And I wanted to talk to you about kind of like how that was, I'm assuming that's probably kind of like an outlet for you too, to kind of like when things maybe weren't so great, whether it's like school or family or friends, you could go to dance and kind of be creative and be use that as your outlet. So I'll let you kind of go dive into why dance. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom was a dancer. She put us in dance at a very young age, like two years old, since I could walk. Um, both my younger sisters and I were dancers and all my older siblings were all soccer players. So <laughs> completely opposite. Um, but I, strangely enough, never viewed dance as an outlet until quite recently. It was sort of just like another thing that I did. Um, didn't really consider it to be like a, not that it wasn't a safe space, but I didn't think twice about it. It was like school dance. That's it. And then during high school, I had to take a step back from dance because of financial reasons and logistics. And that was something that I really like that took a toll on me. And I started to realize like, wow, I really miss it. And this is what I need. And, um, out of all my siblings, I was the only one that kind of continued pursuing, you know, what I did when I was younger and come college, I joined the dance team. Like I said, I was secretary for uh, quite some time and then I became president and I still continue dance now. And, and quite recently I've realized like it is such an outlet for me and every dancer that I know says that, and it makes complete sense. Um, but I feel like when I was younger, it was more of just something that I did. And I think that kind of is really like reflective of a lot of things in my life. Like when I was younger, I feel like because of the family dynamic of there being so many of us and constantly going in between parents, I didn't really have a moment to step back and think about why I was doing what I was doing, how it made me feel. Mental health was not a part of the picture when I was younger. I come from a very traditional Italian family. Um, that's not said. <laughs> yeah, not explains said. it. Um, but, you know, just like every other human on the earth, the pandemic hit. And um, this is something that I've talked about before. I'm pretty open about it. But my dad was one of the first people to get COVID. It was spring break, March of 2020. And COVID was like something that you would find on like Yelp or like Reddit. <laughs> it wasn't like a real thing yet, quote unquote. And he was on the vent in the hospital for 45 days you know, long story short, nobody really thought he was going to make it. It was really, really strenuous on my family. And, um, being that I was living in Rhode Island, some of my family was in New York. Some of my family was in North Carolina. You know, we all were really feeling those effects and not being together and having to go through that was really, really strenuous on my family. And after that, you know, mental health is not something we talk about all the time. We're all very open about it. I'm on FaceTime with my sisters every single day, like every single day I'm calling my sisters, love them. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, the same thing goes for dance. It was just one of those things where I didn't take a step back to think about it. I was just doing it, just doing life, going through it, kind of just like in this haze, not really thinking about anything or why I was doing what I was doing. I've always been very driven. Um, always got like straight A's in school I loved school because it was a place that I can go and be with friends and kind of, you know, experience that. And everybody's like, oh, we have homework. I'm like, yeah, we have homework. Like I was literally one of those. Um, and even in college, I like loved going to class. Are you the one that tells the teacher that like, it's the homework? All right, cool, cool. (laughs) I would have been like, all right, podcast over. (laughs) No, no, not by any means. But like, 
I don't know. I've just always been super driven. That's just my personality. Like applying to jobs post-college, really driven to this day. Like love it. Um, I'm a really hard worker, but you know, I didn't realize why. And that was a distraction from everything else going on in my life. And I take after my family. You know, my dad was the same way. A lot of my dad's side of the family was the same way. Even my mom is that way. And um, using work to pay the bills, because that's what you had to do. And working to live and living to work are two separate things. And that was something that came really prevalent in our lives during the pandemic. It was like, whoa, you know, is dad going to be okay? He's okay now. Now what does he want to do with his life? And he is kind of like the leader of the pack for my siblings and I, because like I said, we all have different moms, but we all have the same dad. So that's what keeps us connected. And after, you know, he got out of the hospital, he was in rehab for a little while to make sure he could walk again and, you know, climb stairs and things like that. It really took a toll on him. And, um, you know, he completely changed his perspective on life. He retired he moved upstate New York where he loves and, you know, like a cabin. He got a dog, something that he never said he would do. And I think that really set the tone for the rest of us. And we all started to take life a little bit more seriously and become more appreciative of it. Or I guess less seriously, I should say, you know, just enjoy it. And I know like half my siblings quit their jobs and they're doing things that they love. You know, even though my parents are divorced you know, my mom saw the toll that it took on us. She did the same is pursuing passions, you know, that she never thought she would pursue. So, um, it, it was a bittersweet thing, my dad getting sick, but it truly, truly completely shifted our lives for the better. Um, and that has helped me grow a new appreciation for life. Um, obviously it caused a ton of anxiety and depression in my family, but, you know, we're all in it together now and we're all open about it. And, um, yeah, I just, I feel like every single perspective that I have on every single thing has changed so much in the past few years. And I'm sure every person can say that and make that argument, um, living through a literal pandemic, but I just see the toll, like it took so much. And I, I feel like I'm a completely different person right now than I was a few years ago because of it. Yeah. And I, thank you for, for sharing that and being vulnerable right there with that, because I think a lot of people could relate to that too. And I've had um one of the my guests that has come on the podcast, he talked about COVID and how it affected him personally and how he had to go on vents and like work through that. And like, it was a serious thing. And like, and a lot of people um, tried to downplay COVID and things like that. And I'm glad that it, obviously turned out for the best and things are working out for you and your family. But I'm also glad that it changed the the perspective on life mm-hmm. because I think the pandemic definitely opened up people's eyes in general to kind of be more in the moment, be more alive because obviously with social media it comes into play and technology that we kind of get absorbed into this. And then obviously the world is very divisive as is right now. And things are so chaotic that you can get lost in this stuff and we kind of, and we're kind of forgetting this. And as a society is like, what makes us strong? It's family. Family makes us strong. And like when nuclear families aren't really a thing and like, n- there's no real bond because like families are dynamic. And that's why I use the word family dynamic because all families are dynamic and they're different, but family is everything. And obviously some people 
have, and I always say I'm very privileged to have my family together and that we're all healthy and we're making strides and moving forward. But everything comes back to family. And like, that's, I mean, my the podcast name is The Carol Connection. So it's like everything I stem from is that. And like, I've had family on the podcast and there's so much value to be had there. And then when I lost my grandfather during COVID to cancer, it was kind of this like switch where like I was already in this mode of creating and being something different and trying new things and putting myself out there. And then you get lost in the the motions, you're going through the day-to-day stuff. And then to lose someone as valuable as my grandfather made me realize how valuable this podcast was and like to have him a part of that. And like part of the reason I never want to really stop, like I've, I've, I've thought about it, but it was like, if I stop, I'm also stopping like his legacy to a certain extent, like I'm carrying that like through this podcast and like, mm-hmm. and that's why I think family is like so important because like it, there's so much value to be had. There's so much pure love and like, it's usually the closest thing you get to unconditional love is mm-hmm. through family. And obviously some people come from, from definitely abusive families where things can be very chaotic. Um, they might have the privilege of having access to things like healthcare or certain types of income. So I understand there's a wide variety of different family structures, but like what we're talking about too, is like realizing the value of actual life and like the toll that it takes on mental health. A hundred percent. And that was something I hate saying like pandemic is such a buzzword and I feel like people are really tired of hearing about it and talking about it. But something that I think stemmed from it was the idea of your own mortality. And that is something like I'm being super vulnerable here. I don't think I've ever spoken to this about any or to anyone about this except for my family. But like, obviously I'm getting choked up. Um, But the root of my anxiety, I suffer from panic attacks and anxiety. The root of my anxiety is the idea of my mortality. And I was always, I have a large family, so that means a lot of death. And there was a point in my life that I was going to funerals once a month. It was around 2017. And I had become so numb to them. I mean, like no emotion, just because that was how I was brought up, you know, no mental health, no emotion. You just go to this funeral and, you know, you bid your dues and that's it. But with my dad getting sick and a ton of people dying and family members dying from COVID that I had, the idea of my own mortality like came to the surface and is something that is always at the front of my mind. And I think that for better or for worse, it's always going to be at the front of my mind. And that's something that I'm dealing with. And I, I was in therapy for a few months about it. Um, but I'm doing my best to take that and help me live my life to the fullest potential and just appreciate everyone and everything around me because of that. Like, I don't think that people stop and think about death in the way that I do. Maybe people do, but they push it away a lot easier than I can. And for that reason, like, like I said, I'm a completely different person than I was two or three years ago. And I would say it's because of the pandemic, but it's not. It's because of this idea of mortality that stemmed from the pandemic that I'm always thinking about. So, you know, if I'm bickering with a sibling, I'm like, why does this even matter? It doesn't matter. Like, 
everything is, nothing is permanent and some good things aren't permanent. Some bad things aren't permanent. That's just life. And like, that's something that I'm dealing with and trying to come to terms with. But I think if everybody, like most people did post COVID, if everybody just takes a second to say, at the end of the day, we're all going to die. We're not going to be here anymore. And do you, how do you, time is so valuable. You know, time is money. Time is everything. And you have to choose what you want to do with your time. Every single second that goes by, you cannot get back. So how do you want to spend every second moving forward? If you want to spend that, you know, working your ass off and doing what you love, do it. If you want to spend that doing absolutely nothing, that's fine. Like, who cares? It's like one of those things. I'm always like, who cares? Nobody cares. Like, it's your life. You do whatever you want. There's like, that's why I'm like, there's no point in caring what other people think. There's no point in, you know, having regret. It's like, just do it. Just do whatever you want. Like, love what you do. If you don't love what you do, who cares? Like, I don't know. I could like rant on this over and over and it's so cliche, but I feel like every time people say something like that, like you only have one life, it's so surface level. You need to really think about it and like, I'm not telling people to super think about it because that's what makes me anxious. But (laughs) when I really think about it, I'm like, okay, whoa. Like if I were, what really did it for me was I saw somebody had a chart, right? With like a hundred days. And I think they were like 34. So they marked off 30 or I'm sorry, a hundred years and they were 34. So they marked off 34 and it shows you how many years you have left. If you were to live to a hundred, I'm like, Like what? (laughs) Like the time is, there is no time. Like there's so many things I want to do in life and not enough time. So why waste the little time that you have? No, I think you hit it on the head. Let me camera back. Um, You think you hit it on the head. And so as someone who comes from a larger family, I experienced exactly what you've experienced, uh, especially early on. I think it was like fourth grade to like, towards like my high school years, it was like a a death every single year. And that's the thing with a big family comes a lot of death. And like, like you mentioned, you become numb to that. And that's something that I've, I'm actually would say I'm pretty similar to your thought process. That's something that I think about pretty regularly, like is death. Like it's something that we all live with. It's something that we all have to manage because anything can happen. Like, I mean, the pandemic's a perfect example of it. And I think that's why people talk about it so much because it reminded people we're mortal human beings. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like a short, finite amount of time. Just think how long civilization has been going. Like, this is a small fraction of that. Mm-hmm. And even when people, not I'm not going to go down the political route, but people talk about making change and all these things. Like, you got to think, even like as our country where it was founded, if people live to average, say we people live to like a hundred years old, a lot of the shit that happened was like what four people ago. Like you go back a hundred years, like it's mm-hmm. really like four or five people ago when things were really like like countries being founded and all these things are happening between the natives and the colonizers and like there's so many things that are happening, and people don't realize how quick things can change and how long life actually is if they actually are here to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And when you appreciate every single day. And I think a huge thing is gratitude. When you're grateful for what you do and you're grateful for the people around you, 
it creates a positive atmosphere. Obviously, not every day you're going to be happy. Obviously, not every day is going to be sunshines and rainbows. Most days are probably not going to be that. Mm -hmm. But it's a constant like pursuit of being the most vulnerable and authentic version of yourself that you could present to the world. And I think when you mentioned like that nobody cares, nobody does. You have to be the one that cares for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then people are going to recognize that. And they're drawn to that. People are drawn to people who care about things that they care, like themselves and like the, the image that they put out, whether it's a brand or, or content or their career or an art, whatever it is. If you don't care about it, no one else is going to care about it. Mm -hmm. And especially like when you do like, like a podcast or a Twitch stream or a YouTube channel or whatever you do or brands in general, no one's going to pay attention to it. Every single thing that you post, most people aren't going to look at it. So you, I get so meticulous and I critique myself in every post that I make and the words that I'm using to describe the post. And realistically, no one's really reading that. They're really like, if anything, they might see it. It's me posting and just like it just because it's me. Mm -hmm. But it's like, sometimes you have to kind of like let go of that grip and just be like, just live, just live in the moment, be here, be present. And I think that's a, an issue that a lot of people are still struggling with. That's something that comes and goes with me is learning to be patient with life and allow things to just happen. Mm -hmm. Cause obviously I think I, I live between the whole go with the flow of things, but also you got to make shit happen. Yeah. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I also, the cliche saying everything happens for a reason, like it totally does. I mean, in hindsight, looking back at the pandemic, it changed a lot for us. And I'm not going to say it was a good thing because a lot of bad things stem from it, but it happened for a reason. And I know the reason that it happened to me and my family, and that doesn't apply to everybody else, but I, I think it's really, really important for people to take a step back. Like we get so caught up in the day to day and everything that's going on. And I think that something that my anxiety had allowed me to do is to take a step back and like, look at it from the outside and be like, what are you doing? What are you getting upset over? what is bothering you, what motivates you, like just objectively asking myself all of these questions. And something that I also think about a lot is like, you know, when I'm at the end of my life, I don't want to be sitting there thinking like, what if I did this or I regret doing that and things like that. I just want to feel like I did everything that I could, everything that I wanted to do. And that's what I try and remind myself all the time is, you know, just do whatever you want to do in that moment. Just feel it. Just do it. And I feel like like I am somebody who likes to try everything once, even if I don't like it again. I, at least I could say I tried it. So like, you know, that I went to Catholic school my whole life. But with the pandemic, I started to think, you know, is there a God and things like that? And I dabbled with crystals and meditation and like, I just want to try it. Like, why not just try everything? And like, that's just kind of the outlook that I feel like I have on life now. It's like, let's just try it. Let's just do it and just feel it and whatever you want to do, you know? I think it's important like to, to explore these different avenues. Like, cause I definitely, especially when losing a lot of family, um, I, I don't say I'm like really religious anymore. It was something that I stepped away from. And I just go with the term spiritual, but I, I'm grateful that my parents allowed me to walk away from it mm -hmm. and they didn't push it on me because I don't have any resentment for the for any religions because 
I was able to make, they showed it. This is what we believe. If you want to believe it, keep doing it. And I made the choice for myself at a pretty young age that I was like, this is not for me, but there was a lot of great values that I got from that. And I carried that through. And some people say God, but I always go with like, source or universe and like i I mean universe i always say universe interchangeable to me when i look at it it's like i mean we're talking about similar things here we're talking about something that's a little bit bigger than ourselves it's like the unexplainable the unobtainable just this like this energy to life Mm -hmm. and especially when i'm doing this podcast like one of the thoughts that always crossed my mind obviously god forbid anything knock on wood that like anything happens to anyone that's been on the podcast or myself but this is always there And this has become a platform where I'm trying to allow people to just express thought and talk about themselves. And we can look back on on these moments and these episodes and look at where we were and critically analyze. And sometimes I look back and I cringe at myself and I'm like, I need to get better there. I should say less of this. And I think these are important aspects of life is to just continually grow and to have this with technology the way it is. And obviously some disaster happens and wipes out the power grid. I mean, it is what it is, but I'm like in general, like moving forward, having this out there is so like awesome. Like I jokingly said uh, the other night with friends, I'm like, it's like having like these trading cards or something. Like I'm collecting all these new stories that Mm -hmm. like I'm learning about. And I think this is what people care about. People care about communication. People care about attention. People care about being seen, being heard. And I was telling you off podcast, that's like why I do this is to like create these experiences and like, like the fact that like you grew up in New York, like we're meeting on this podcast and talking about there's so many different things. And like, if I don't do this, who knows if we ever even meet. Mm-hmm. So like, that's like the coolest thing is like, this is our, and this is our first time meeting to reach the depths of a conversation that we're having on a podcast and kudos to yourself. I always say anyone who steps across or sits down across from me on a podcast in front of the camera, the lights and everything, it's intimidating to a certain uh, degree. It's a lot of respect there because, and especially to talk about things that you talk about, it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to do that. And a lot of people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously kudos to you for doing that. I mean, it's amazing. And I want to turn uh, the conversation a little bit towards um, kind of like going towards college. I mean, I know you referenced from moving from New York to Rhode Island and the thought process behind that kind of like, what did you go for? Why did you go? Like, what was the reasons like for college? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, my whole life I was really driven and I knew I wanted to go to way, away to school. That way I can gain some more independence and just kind of be in control of my own life. And definitely the best thing I ever did. College is not for everyone and going away for college is not for everyone. For me, it was an absolute yes. The best thing for me ever. Um, I went to school. Actually, I went to school for criminal justice. I did too, um, actually. And then I, I I dropped that major. Okay, so did I. Uh, it ended up being my minor. But halfway through, um, I got connected to someone who introduced me to public relations, which I completely love. Um, right after college, I got a job in PR, worked for an agency a little bit, and I actually just got a new position at a new job that I'm super excited about. But um, yeah, I, um, I think that living in New York, being so fast-paced... Uh, kind of like set me up for that. And then coming to Rhode Island, kind of being a little bit more slow and relaxed and everything. And again, being on my own allowed me to really explore myself and my feelings and, and what my life had led up to at that point. 
um, and being able to understand like, oh, dance is an outlet for me and I love it so much. And, oh, I really do value my family being away from them now. Um, my relationship with my parents was like 10 times better now that I wasn't living at home with them, which I know a lot of people say, um, but I'm super close with both my parents now and I do talk to them quite often. Um, and just like the, our dynamic too is just so much better. Like obviously as a child, you know, they're kind of taking care of you, partly telling you what to do. And now, you know, they let me be independent and, um, just, I don't know. I, I feel like for me going away to college was the best experience. And, um, <laughs> I was robbed of my senior year because of the pandemic, but I'm also super grateful that I was able to at least go through the first three and a half years before. I feel really bad for people that are going to college right now. My younger sister's in college. One of my other sisters just graduated from college. And I mean, I think that for me, my personality and my life and my story, I think it lined up really, really well. Yeah. And I think huge props for going to a school where you're not from. Because I, I, like you mentioned, a lot of people do struggle with leaving and it's not for everybody, but I always try to encourage if you have opportunities to leave your hometown and leave where you're from, do it. And even if you want to move back, I mean, I, I moved back. I mean, and there was situations that happened that kind of forced me to move back where I was in toxic work environments and I'm not a fan of Georgia. I'll just say I'm not a fan <laughs> of Georgia. I lived in Augusta, Georgia. It was not not something that I valued. Mm -hmm. I always jokingly say it was like being in Seekonk, but not knowing anybody. Mm -hmm. And the closest city, I think Atlanta was like an hour and a half away. So like, it, like there's no real colleges like that. It's not really a scene like that. So it's hard to meet, meet people. And like it really, that Georgia really opened my eyes too, because it was very, um, it's the South and like, it's, it's not like, Florida or stuff. I mean, like this was the South South and mm -hmm. like you could see the divisiveness in the, in like the certain sections of the town and like Confederate flags flying around. And I'm like, yeah, it's not for me, but it was important to experience those things. And like, even I like, I love Texas, the culture of Texas, the culture around Fort Worth, the diversity in the food, the people, like people are nicer too, <laughs> but it's like you, you need experiences outside of where you're from because it gives you a lot of the time, it gives you a better appreciation for where you do come from. Mm -hmm. Because if you, for the people who are lucky enough to come from good families or good neighborhoods or good communities, that when you go and see these different environments, especially living on your own, being in the adult role where you have to provide for yourself and protect yourself, it, it helps you grow and develop. And, and like you mentioned, like my relationship with my parents was way better once I moved away. Coming back home, it's it's gone down a little bit, but I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely helped a lot because like you don't see them as much. So like you value the time you're able to talk and like I would make time to call at least once a week and like check in and like text pretty much pretty regularly. And like these experiences birthed this podcast essentially because I was on my own and it made me really refre reflect on like who I was and where I wanted to go with things. So I think it hits it right on the, everything that you've said is really aligned with the stuff that I've done in my life. And I'm really glad that we're able to talk about these things because these talking points are super valuable to anyone that listens and like to share a similar experience. I mean, it creates this form of empathy when you can empathize and recognize like, Hey, I've gone through something pretty similar and like 
that's my goal when I post these episodes is hopefully someone, maybe it's on your side or my side, will listen and be like, I really relate to to what they're saying and what they're talking about because when you actually open up and share these things, you might not think, I don't know if anyone's going to relate to this. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people question like their own story. I'm like, I don't know if I have a story. I don't know if like, I don't really know what to talk about. I'm like, it's like you've lived this long of a life and like you share it and like who knows who could relate because you could be the snowball effect for someone to change. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that a lot with people that have come on the podcast who, who do end up getting into whether it's podcasting like Wally and stepping into that late or Spawncast like Eli with his podcast or people getting in more into their music or more posting their fitness channel or their nutrition. And I think these things are awesome because when you come on, at least my podcast, there's some pressure to after the fact to keep doing what you're doing because it's like, all right, I talked about it into the universe. Now it's to keep going. And I kind of want to take the the final turn into lavender logos and like how you got to into to creating this this brand and like why behind it yeah yeah oh, I love talking about this I um I have always been a super creative person and during the summer after the pandemic everybody I knew was starting their own business you know selling their clothes on Instagram doing little designs and things like that and I just was so inspired by that. And I really loved that community. And like I told you earlier off pod, like I'm a sucker for merch. So anytime my friends were like, oh, like I'm making this, I'm selling this. I'm like, I'll take two, like love it. So I really wanted to create a space that like encouraged and promoted that and empowered people who wanted to do things like that. So I started my own Instagram called Lavender Logos that slowly became to be this quote small business. And at first I was creating logos and designs for people that I knew that were starting their own small business that didn't have, you know, a creative background. And over the past two years, it's kind of grown to be this platform where I share my favorite like local shops and small businesses. I still do the graphic designs, um, not as much. It's more small business focused now. But I just go and, you know, I promote them on my page and I have a lot of local Rhode Islanders following me that want to go out and explore these small businesses and they just don't even know where to start or how to find them. So I post them and I create reels and highlights and all that great stuff of like my favorite places to eat or shops to go to. Um, Yeah, and I, I just really love doing that. And um, last year I came out with merch. I have beanies and I have koozies and totes. And all the proceeds go to support small businesses. I donate them back. So, you know, just trying to build awareness for these brands that are technically startups or maybe they're not. Maybe they've been around for a while, but they don't have a lot of exposure. Um, I don't have like more than 500 followers on Instagram for Lavender Logo. So I don't have a huge platform, but those 500 plus people that are following me are there because they want to see small businesses and they love supporting them. So any chance that I have to promote another brand, um, I always take up that opportunity and do it. And I feel like, you know, my full-time job, like I said, is working in public relations. So branding is something that I'm very familiar with and I just love talking about it. So um, it it is something that I really genuinely enjoy doing. And I like having it on the side because I don't have the pressure to, you know, make it something that it needs to be. I kind of just feed into it whenever I feel like it. Every time I, you know, do go shop local or visit a small business in my town, I always, you know, give them a shout out on Instagram and I, I really enjoy it. 
Yeah, I mean, I could definitely tell the way that you talk about it, that you actually care about it. And that's one of the things that I've noticed. And like, it's my favorite part of like the podcast is when we get into stuff that we're really passionate about because people light up when they talk about the things that, I mean, even when I first brought it up, you just like, you perked up and like, you got super excited about it. And like, that's like everybody when we start talking about these things and shout out to you for promoting small businesses, because now more than ever is something that we need. And I would actually argue 500 people is, or 500 followers is a lot because like, I mean, you take 500 people and put them in a room. That's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And like, that's something I've had to remind myself too, is once I've stepped into this content creating, is to like let go of like the the follower number because we're so taught and it's so ingrained in us with social media to like compare ourselves to other people who are posting content to see the followers to see the celebrities and it's intimidating sometimes it's like am I really making like an impact am I making a dent in the universe and like you are and like once you like kind of like grasp that and like you promote it in yourself and like people start to recognize that and it just starts drawing, drawing people in and like definitely keep posting reels for sure. Like reels, reels are the money. Like, and like I've gained maybe like a hundred or so followers off just like reels and like just posting people talk and like people will follow good content. And as someone, I had no real social media experience. I had no media experience. I didn't know fucking microphones to laptops. I knew nothing, knew jack shit. But it's like, you have to learn to like put yourself out there and to be uncomfortable is to learn. Mm -hmm. Like you're never going to be an expert at anything. Like, and to ever become an expert, I think the, 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 the corny like quote was like the 10,000 hours. And like, to a degree, that's like really true. Like you have to really put in the effort and the consistent posting or the consistent recordings or the consistent workouts that you do, you have to consistently show up mm-hmm. because as soon as you stop showing up and like this reference to our, my last episode with Wally is like, people can deny that you're that whatever you claim that you are, because if you're not doing it, there's no proof for it. Mm-hmm. So, and it even ties into what we're saying. You have to care. If you care, other people are going to draw just because the fact of you care. So when I saw, and you have a really great aesthetic with, with your Instagram and stuff. And I, I like, I, I always appreciate that as someone who tries to create a somewhat colorful aesthetic on, on, on the Carol connection with social media. Did you ever find it intimidating at times to kind of step your foot into this space? Because I know it gets pretty competitive. It gets, it can, definitely stroke those insecurities sometimes. So did you ever find it a little bit intimidating to step into this? Honestly, I don't think I felt that it was intimidating. Um, At first I was hesitant to create an Instagram like that because it was kind of like cringy for people to do things like that at the time, Um, which I know we spoke about earlier, but like looking, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. It's like that, you know, nobody cares unless you care. And it's kind of like, you know, you can't be embarrassed unless you think that you're embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like nobody finds you or what you did embarrassing. You get to say whether you're embarrassed or not. Um, but yeah, I, I have experience in social media because I work in PR and because I was a social media intern in college and things like that. So I wouldn't say that it was intimidating. I would say I actually, I I like hate social media. I know I'm like on it for work and, 
Um, people probably don't think that I hate it, but I just really don't like spending my time on it. So I think that was something that I struggled with was trying to maintain a page that was engaging and people wanted to follow and interact with, but also like not spending a ton of time on it. That makes a lot of sense. Cause I feel pretty similar to that with social media and like, like I, like I like, like social media because like it's helped build a, I felt build a platform on there where people can come and express themselves and it's allowed me to express myself. But at the same time, I hate the comparison. I hate all the nonsense and like the toxic drama that's on social media. And that's something that I had to realize with social media is as someone who posts positive content on the Carol Connection, a lot of people might not be really drawn to it. People are innately drawn to drama to toxicity and i mean just think about when or even like think about when you're driving you see an accident everyone looks like everyone always looks at the train wrecks everyone likes or back in school and someone says fight and everyone looks everyone's drawn to the drama so like and i've seen that even with the tiktok stuff that i mentioned earlier when i started posting some of like the toxic stuff about relationships it's like those videos would pop off and if I posted about self-healing or working on your your childhood traumas or anything that because that affects your relationships, those don't get the views. People are, are drawn to that, and like that is something that I had to like figure out with social media because it's so frustrating. It's like, why do I have to talk about bad stuff or negative stuff? And it's like you don't just keep doing and staying in your lane with this positive energy, and it's gonna flow back in other ways. And obviously, like I mentioned, like. It's negative energy is going to come into your life regardless. Mm -hmm. It's how you handle it and how you, you use that energy to either motivate or just let go and just focus on the, the positive with meditation or journaling or things like that. Because social media, whether people like it or not, it's like a resume. Like you have to, to a degree, put your best self out there. And obviously you could choose not to use social media and that's totally fine too, but it's not going anywhere. And that's something that I realized with like myself is like, this is a tool. Like, I, I think I made a quote on what podcast was, it? I think it was the art of communication. I think uh, episode one hundred two that I did a solo. And this is something that I've said throughout the podcast. So social media is a tool for communication. It is not the only avenue of communication because we get lost in the texting in the, in the, the tweeting or the TikToks or the Instagram DMs and people forget the human interaction. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need. And that was the basis of this podcast. I mean, to sit down and we talked for a good, I think it was a good hour before we even like recorded this and like talked about real life, talked about like stuff that's going on. And like, obviously it's the first time meeting and to hit the depths that we talked about, like you didn't know me prior and to talk, yeah. to get comfortable to talk about your family. That's amazing. And like, People are drawn to to that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think it's super valuable to post stuff and to keep promoting what you're promoting. Did you ever, with like, so I'm curious how you got into the space with like the, the small businesses. Was it just like, because I know you, were, you said graphic designing was what you're doing and helping build logos. Did you yeah. just really find more joy in helping the smaller businesses and promoting them versus just like creating the logos? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, 
like I said, I had a ton of friends that had their own graphic design pages or, um, you know, making t-shirts and clothing or selling their own clothing, things like that. And, um, I have friends that have started podcasts too. And I just like, I love like uplifting them and promoting what they're doing. And I feel like that's kind of what sparked it for me. And I realized that that's where the joy was and that's what I wanted to focus on. And, you know, everybody loves going to like a trendy little coffee shop and stuff like that. So I'm like, listen, I know the spots. They're all over here and, you know, giving them shout outs and stuff and just like watching people that own small businesses, watching their growth is so inspiring to me. And I feel like I just connect with that entrepreneurial mindset and I just want to like share that with the world. I think that's awesome. And I definitely want to applaud you if I knew what button I had. I think I have some, there's a clap. I don't want to hit that because there's one of these is a trombone and it would sound really bad. <laughs> so I'm not going to click it, but huge applause to you for like wanting to promote that because we need more of that now than ever. I think community is super important. Getting back to where you're from and building where you're at because I mean, big corporations are every, the capitalism is a thing. It's, it's running our society to an, to an extent. And what we can do is work with the people around us to create an environment that's like beneficial for all, where we all can win, where we all can be successful. And I've, I mentioned recently too, with like healthy competition, it's good. Mm -hmm. It's good to see other people doing things and like use that as motivation, but also to like, to collab and to do things like that. And like, that's why I love this podcast and working with a creator like yourself is to be able to collab, to come together, to share ideas, to share similar things, share similar values and like talk about what it means to us to be content creators, to create things and help inspire other people. I do want to start wrapping up the podcast. I do have one more question for you, which is tied to passions, which I told you earlier. Is there anything that you wanted to mention or you didn't get a chance to say? Obviously, don't go into the passion stuff, but like... <laughs> Separate from that, is there anything that you needed to say or wanted to say? Um, I Something that you said earlier kind of sparked something for me. And I mean, if you told me like three hours ago when I was driving here that I would be talking about my anxiety with like mortality and stuff, I probably would have laughed and said no way. Um, so, but, you know, you mentioned that this is something that I don't know who's going to listen to this podcast and maybe somebody that listens to it will relate and like find peace with that, knowing that somebody else has dealt with that. Um, so that kind of reminded me of this idea and I cannot remember which book I read it in, but it's the idea that like, you're not special. So, you know, people, some people are like, oh, why is this happening to me? Like, I just wish that I was as successful as this person or, you know, why does everything bad happen to me? And it's the idea that it's not just happening to you. So many people struggle with the same thing. You're not special. And like, that's not to say like in a degrading way, you're not special. It's more like everybody goes through the same thing. And every individual is so different. This is something that's so interesting to me is that no two people are exactly alike, but the experiences that we all have is shared across the board. You know, the feel like we might not all have the same root of joy, but we all know what joy feels like. And we all might have different reasons to be sad or upset or angry, but we all know what that feels like to be sad, upset, or angry. And I think that that's a really cool concept and something I just wanted to bring up that I think that whoever's listening to this should totally think about because 
if you ever feel like you're the only person struggling with something, or maybe you feel like you're succeeding in something and you want to talk to somebody about it, but nobody can relate, you know, whatever it is, there's always going to be somebody out there that understands what you're going through. And maybe, maybe not understands completely because they can't, they don't have the same experience as you, but they can at least relate to it on a level that you can have a discussion with them or even just listen to them talk or whatever it is to relate to them in some way and, and kind of feel at peace knowing that. I think that gives me a lot of peace knowing that no matter what I go through, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it helps me grow, whether it sets me back, somebody else in this universe, quote unquote, has, you know, is, is feeling that way too. I think you nailed it right on the head too. And just to like, kind of like touch on that before we get to the wrap up was we might not share the same experience, but we share the same feeling. We all know what joy feels like. We all know what happiness feels like. We all know what sadness feels like. We all know what anger feels like, but to get to those emotions, we all have different experiences to get there, but we have that shame, uh, shared feeling and emotion. And I think that's really important because you're not invalidating the feeling. Mm-hmm. Like we all have different experiences and it's like, and you're, I love that because you're you're not special. Like we're not special. We all go through things. We all experience these things. Obviously, internally, yeah. Like you want to like prop yourself up and motivate yourself into like positive self talk. But sometimes you also need. It's like the balance. Like you also need that that kind of reminder. Is like it's not just happening to you. Stop internalizing everything. Like it's 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 going across the board. It's like the saying. It's like someone has it worse. Like it never helps to hear that. But like. When you're by yourself and you could realize that it goes to the gratitude aspect. It's like, I do have a lot. I do have a, a loving family or I have a job or um, I'm healthy. Like this it really is the small things and it all ties back to mortality, like you mentioned. And I think that was a perfect way to kind of tie the bow right there. For the last question, like I mentioned, uh, what would your advice be to someone who wants to pursue their passion? I would say what I said earlier, that time is so valuable and there is not a lot of time. You don't know how much time you have. Nobody knows how much time they have. We all like to think that we have a lot more time than we actually do. And when you recognize how valuable time is and you decide what you want to do with it, I think that's when a person thrives and probably feels their best. So if you're passionate about something Figure out how to spend your time pursuing that passion or learning more about that passion or talking to somebody about that passion. Whatever is going to make you feel that spark, that, that's what you should be doing with your time. And that's just my opinion. Obviously, I would never tell somebody what to do with their time. But in my personal opinion and from my experience, the little time that you have You should be spending doing whatever it is that you want to do and fueling whatever your passion is. Even if not many people share that passion, maybe somebody doesn't understand that passion, as long as it's making you feel good, you should be doing it. Perfect. I love that. (laughs) That was actually really, really, really good. I love that advice actually a lot. Um, so yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you for coming out here and being as vulnerable as you have been. This has been a fantastic episode and I will be tagging you and everything, but again, 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me have this outlet. I never really thought that I'd be talking about that, but I'm really glad that I did. I'm glad you did too. And I look forward to the continued success that you have with Lavender Logos as well. For you guys, you guys like the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your family, share with your grandma. You can check it out at thecarolconnection.simplecast.com. Also available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening platforms. Till next time, guys. Peace.